It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Jason Robel and Whitney Lauritsen. If you have listened to some of our recent episodes, you likely know that I have been, well, I'm planning a cross-country road trip in the middle of a pandemic. And we talked about my decisions to do this in a previous episode. So if you're curious about that process of taking a risk during this time and traveling by car versus plane and spending time with family and trying to see friends while physically distancing and all those other variables, you can hear about that journey in another episode, which we'll link to in the show notes at wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. And you can also just go back a few episodes. You'll easily find it because it should have reference to road tripping. And we're going to continue that conversation today and in at least one more episode, because there's a lot to discuss about this, especially the before and after. So you're listening to this about a week after I returned from my trip, but we're recording this a few days before I leave. (laughs) So it's kind of interesting because by the time you hear this, you'll all be in such a different place mentally. And that's fascinating to reflect on. And I wanted to spend this episode, or at least part of it, because sometimes we never know exactly where things are going to go with our show. I wanted to really dive into the psychological side of planning anything and the lessons that you can learn about yourself through the process. Well, the first thing that I want to, I suppose, bring up, Whitney, and not to put you on the spot, but the title of this podcast is This Might Get Uncomfortable. Um, so I'm going to go there because <laughs> we never know, as you mentioned on this podcast, dear listener, if it's your first time or your 124th time joining us, thank you for being with us and listening today. Whitney, you had called me actually this morning on your way to the Tesla dealership to get your car inspected, which I personally, and I talk about getting into dad mode and being your best friend that I think that's a phenomenal idea. And, and I really love how many steps and precautionary measures you are taking to be as prepared as possible. But you mentioned about feeling some anxiety. And I was talking to you earlier today about what you thought maybe the source of that anxiety could be. Was it a fear that something might go wrong or that you've done all of this planning, all this organizing, all of this disaster prevention measures, and that something, you know, the shit might end up hitting the fan anyway. And I'm just curious, you know, what your emotional state is with all of this right now and how you're feeling at the time of this recording, only being a few days away. Like what's going on for you? And since that discussion, have you been able to like meditate a little bit on that anxiety you were feeling? Yeah, it really has been a roller coaster. And that's part of what I want to discuss. So thank you for suggesting that, Jason. It it certainly isn't anything that I feel uncomfortable talking about, although it is an uncomfortable emotion. So we were supposed to record this episode six hours ago, and I had reached out to Jason about seven hours ago earlier this morning and said, I'm not sure that I'm feeling up for recording. I'm feeling a lot of anxiety. And that happens to us a lot. And sometimes we don't even mention it 
to each other. Sometimes we don't mention it during the recording. Sometimes we just kind of uh, <laughs> grin our teeth. Is that the right word? No, no, not grin our teeth and bear it. What's the phrase? Grit. Grit our teeth. Is that right? Grit our teeth? Grit our teeth and bear it. Huh. It's not a phrase I use very often, so it feels unfamiliar. Yeah, it's like you grit your teeth, like you kind of like clench your jaw and like grit your teeth a little bit. But grin and bear it is the phrase you're thinking about. Oh, okay. Okay. So they're two separate things. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Gritting your teeth and grinning and bearing it are two separate things. Got it. All right. Well, I hope it is understood what I mean by that uh, confusing those terms. Sometimes we just have to push through tough days as any of us do during our work, right? So even though podcasting might sound easy, it is kind of our jobs, right? (laughs) Like we have sponsors that pay us. So technically it is our jobs. Uh, Even when we don't get paid directly, this is part of our work. This is our careers. And I think it's always interesting to share that as a content creator because maybe some people think our jobs are easy, but they're not much more easy. And sometimes they're a lot harder than other jobs that I've had. I mean, part of it is like working constantly, working when you don't feel like it. There's different sorts of pressures, even though it's nice to make up your own schedule and work from home all the time and have no boss beside yourself. All of that also comes with its set of challenges. And we have deadlines and we have people like you that listen and we don't want to let you down and be late. So we have to get things done. And part of that is with this road trip that I'll be on for at least 10 days of a trip, plus like preparation a few days prior, plus relaxing and decompressing a few days afterwards. It's it's basically I'm taking two days off or two weeks off. I wish it was just two days, but (laughs) two weeks off to do that trip. And thus, we won't be recording. And so we had to like really plan how we were going to get these episodes done so we can stay on track with our release schedule, which is three times a week. And fortunately, we had even before this trip came about, had all of these guests that we've recorded with months in advance. So you'll be hearing people that we talk to like, you know, two months before their episode comes out. So a little behind the scenes for you if you didn't realize this. And we always try to be mindful of of what we discuss on the show and keep it very timely. The planning side of it, yeah, it's interesting because I have had multiple thoughts today about how much work has gone into planning for this trip and how I often get myself into this place where I I get very excited about a concept and I dive deep into it and I like give it my all. And there'll be some point in that process where I think, what have I done? Why am I doing this to myself? I remember thinking that with our launch party for the podcast, we did a party what was it, like a few days after we launched the show, Jason? Was it a few days before or a few days after? I think it was afterwards, right? Yeah, it was only a few days after. So we technically launched the very first episode of this podcast on December 15th, 2019. And then we did the party a few days before Christmas. I believe we did the party on the 21st. So yeah, the podcast had technically been out for six days when we did the launch party here in LA. And I remember with that was so much work. I mean, talk about anxiety and stress and having moments of feeling like, why am I doing this? Like, why did I think this was a good idea? How could I have not realized how hard this was going to be? And I also remember thinking that when I was planning your surprise party, Jason, the second one, 
for those of you who haven't heard us talk about this, we've mentioned it at least briefly in some episodes, probably long ago towards the beginning of this show. But I have given Jason multiple surprise birthday parties. And the one that I did for his 40th birthday literally took me two weeks of almost nonstop planning. Like I put everything on hold and I didn't intend to, but I just like did not realize what I got myself into until I was in it. And suddenly everything in my life revolved around planning that party for you, Jason, because there were so many moving parts. There was so much involved and I just didn't even anticipate the amount of time that was required of me. And the funny thing is during this trip planning, it's kind of been that same experience. And I keep wondering, like, how have I not realized this by now? Like, how is it that I can think of something and predict that it's going to be easier than it is? And then once I'm in it, realize it's it wasn't as easy. And I'm like, why do I keep forgetting about this? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's interesting to think about those elements of life that we kind of like forget how challenging things can be, even if we've done them before. Yeah, this is a super fascinating thing because I feel like, Whitney, I've had a tendency to fling myself into situations that I, hmm, I didn't fully realize the scope or the magnitude of the responsibility and the energy and the focus that they would demand, right? You're talking about these parties, which they were phenomenal parties. I mean, the two surprise parties you threw for me, one was in 2013 and the other one was uh, 2017 when I turned 40. But I think about work-related projects, Wit. I think about when I had my catering business, good God, this was 11 years ago in 2009. I was doing weddings and festivals and concerts and things like that. And I remember that there were some clients of mine, Len and Rebecca, who run the Longevity Now conference. And they're like, oh, would you cater our wedding? I'm like, totally. Yeah, it's easy. And they're like, oh, would you do our wedding cake? And could you do a raw wedding cake? And I said, yes. And I had never made a wedding cake raw, baked or otherwise in my life. I had never attempted anything like that. And I said yes to it. And I remember saying yes, and then kind of shitting my pants a little bit, like proverbially speaking, like I just said yes to making a wedding cake and I've never done it. And so, you know, being on that journey to learning how to make a wedding cake was absolutely fascinating and terrifying and humbling and exhilarating. And so these things of when we say yes to things in life, whether it's, you know, writing your first book, which you and I both know what that's like. And we actually have a whole episode dedicated to that, dear listener, about how to become a best-selling author and the details and the nitty-gritty of the publishing process. We'll link to that previous episode in the show notes at wellevator.com. Again, our website for all of the resources we mentioned is W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. But just to vibe on what you're saying, Wit, like the TV series, the book, book tour, speaking tour, catering business, I just feel like there's been a lot of things in life where I've just flung myself into it. And then when I was in it and realized the scope and the demand energetically, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly interesting. And the other side of that is wondering how people do things without that much planning, you know? And we've talked about this before, how between the two of us, me and Jason, I'm the big planner. And <laughs> Jason is kind of the fly by the seat of his pants type. And that saves you a lot of time, it seems, Jason. But sometimes I think to myself, how the heck did you get this done without planning for it? And especially during this trip, 
the amount of time I have spent is, I haven't even calculated it, but yesterday, for example, I spent at least six hours with my friend planning on a Zoom session, like on the camera, sharing our screens, talking about it, all the details. And that was just one of our planning conversations and sessions. Previous to that, I probably put in hours uh, just in the planning, not to mention like the researching and the considerations and the organizing, the stuff that I have and figuring out what I needed to buy. And then on top of all of that, I enlisted the support of like 20 something brands, I think. Yeah, I'm looking at my list right now because I had to make a spreadsheet of this. I think it is a little over 20 brands. There's a couple that aren't even on my list that have, let's just say 25 brands are supporting me with this project, meaning they're sending me their products to bring along and use during the trip so that I can do media coverage of them, which is going to be a podcast episode that we're going to talk about the whole experience and everything I learned. I'm going to be writing a blog post and doing social media and making a video. And that's all going to take a lot of work too. There's part of me that's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe not only am I doing this whole trip, but then I have to like document it all and like make a video. And like, yeah, that is a huge part of what I've been doing for many years, but it's still so much work. So this trip is just becoming a monster. And... (laughs) Mostly in a delightful way. And I think that was part of the initial question that you were asking, Jason. It's like when I was facing the anxiety earlier, I woke up with it today. I just felt like, how am I going to get all this done? And I remember thinking that with our party too, for the launch party. And I've had that feeling many times throughout my life. And yet it doesn't necessarily make it any easier, even if we've faced something over and over again. Like I said, we'll forget about it when we're not doing something. And then we do it and we think like, wow, I forgot that this was such an obstacle and this would be so hard. And sometimes it's easier when you do something again. And sometimes it's equally as hard, if not even more challenging, because there's different variables in the mix. And so I think that was a part of what I was feeling. This is also interesting because right now I feel completely different than I did six or seven hours ago. And I think that's such an important thing to remind myself and others of is that most of our emotions are very temporary and they shift. When I started off saying it's been a roller coaster, that is actually a common experience for me. I go through waves of highs and lows pretty much every single day, not in like the sense of like a mental disorder or something, you know, like there's definitely variances in this, but I think a lot of people can relate. We each will go through these moments of feeling happy, maybe sad, maybe anxious, maybe tired, maybe energized. You'll have things that happen throughout the day. I mean, I actually had a shocking reminder of not only the highs and lows we can experience just in one day, but how we never know what's around the corner from us. And just to like pivot the conversation for a moment, Jason, because I haven't even shared this with you yet, but one of my close friends sent me a text message today sharing that one of her family members, her distant family members, not, not an immediate family member, but someone that she was close to committed suicide. And... 
she wanted to send me a message to let me know what was going on so that I can support her as a friend, but also as a heads up that she's taking an emergency trip to a different part of the country to be with the family during this incredibly shocking time. And I read that message that I never would have seen coming. I mean, you know, it's also interesting because we've recorded a, an episode recently about suicide for suicide awareness. And I remember saying in that episode that we did that I haven't had a lot of experiences with suicide in my life. And so to get this text, I had to read it twice because I just thought, did I misread that? Like maybe he just passed away, but I read it a second time. And even in this moment, I'm questioning it. Like it just, it feels so surreal to hear about something like that. And it's not somebody I know directly, but my heart hurts for my friend who has known this person for over 20 years. And it's a family member through her husband. My heart hurts for her husband and for any of their family members involved. And then I also know this friend is someone who's extremely cautious around COVID. And now she's made that difficult decision to travel a pretty significant distance to go be with the family during this tragic time. And that's, can you imagine like being somebody who doesn't want to travel and is forced into that situation to make that decision and how conflicting that must feel? So I think it's also bringing up for me like gratitude that I'm choosing to travel and I've had the time to plan my travel versus somebody who has to make this split second decision and how incredibly uncomfortable that would be. Like it's a unfortunate reminder that a lot of the things that feel difficult for us are really relative. You know, I could have gotten a message and had to make a split second decision too. And I've actually had to do that. Like when my grandparents passed away, I remember, you know, it's really tough. Like because you're obviously in most cases going to go the funeral or any of the services, be with the family, and like just having to like shift your life around is really challenging when it's such short notice. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because it was also that reminder of like, we just don't know what's around the corner from us. And like, we can have anxiety even when we feel like we've got it all figured out. And we can also have anxiety worrying that something bad might be around the corner, like you were saying, Jason. Yeah, this time I feel is giving us some really hardcore lessons in dealing with complete uncertainty. We've talked about it in previous episodes, but I think the ever-changing, ever-evolving, uncertain future that continues to unfold as the present moment, it just keeps unfolding, you know? And, you know, I, I wanted to actually share something, Whitney, that helps me when I'm dealing with feelings of depression, anxiety, or getting attached to thoughts and emotions, right? And you know how much I love to bring up my Jason-isms and share quotes and things like that. But when you were talking previously, just how you were feeling six, seven hours ago and you feel different now, there's a really amazing roomy poem that I wanted to read. It's a short one called The Guest House, and it talks about the temporal nature of emotion and thoughts. And it starts by saying, this being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, 
some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thoughts, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them all in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from the beyond. So for me, you know, when we talk about dark thoughts, shame, anxiety, depression, this isn't to say that reading something like an ancient Sufi poem is going to suddenly alleviate the anxiety or the things we may be struggling with. But I think it helps to remediate a little bit of this amnesia, Whitney, that we've been talking about that. It's a strange thing, isn't it? That when we go through challenges or suffering or situations in life that we're like, how the hell am I going to make it through this? You know, those moments that really test the core of who we are. They test our patience, our strength, our perseverance, our will, our stamina. You know, the moments where we're like, how the hell am I going to make it through? And strangely, though, it's difficult, isn't it? Because we will not only survive those moments or those situations in life and be on the other side, like, wow, I can't believe I made it through that. But then weirdly, when the next situation arrives that's really challenging or painful or sorrowful, it's almost that we have a temporary amnesia and forget what we had survived and made it through. So when you were saying that, it's like, you know, each situation has its different variables. I always find it weird when I'm in a new situation like that, that I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. I've been in a situation that was kind of similar to this. And what happened then? I made it through, I'm here now, and I'm dealing with this. And it almost like when I remind myself of what I've lived through, gives me perspective and motivation to continue forward, even in moments where like, I don't know how I'm going to survive this. Does that resonate at all? For sure. And I think that's part of the benefit, or one of the big benefits, I should say, of awareness is when you're aware on a regular basis as much as possible, like you're noticing yourself and how you're responding and feeling. And if you practice meditation or if you do journaling, for example, that can be really powerful because not only does it the practice of journaling keep you aware and help you tune in, it also allows you to track yourself so that when you're struggling, you could go back and reference when you've dealt with that before as that reminder, like, oh, I've survived this before, or go back and see what your coping choices were, right? And decide if you want to do things the same or you want to try something different. And I think if you start to look at life as an experiment, it allows you to learn and evolve. It takes off some of the pressure. Maybe it makes it more fun and simpler. And it kind of allows you to remind yourself that all of this is temporary. <laughs> life is temporary. And our individual experiences are temporary. Our lives are temporary and other people's lives are temporary, as I mentioned. Like We don't know when we're going to lose somebody. And going back to the road trip, as this trip has started to unfold in ways that I never anticipated, it's reminding me how important it is to see people in person, even though it is risky with COVID. If we can find ways to do it safely, and there are many ways, even if it's waving to somebody from the car window. You know, I've told some people like, I would really love to see you, 
So let's talk about what we can do to make this safe. And a lot of people would be so grateful just to see me from a distance, just to see me wave. And I would be so grateful to see them from my car window if that felt like the best choice for us, right? And that's a really powerful reminder too and a powerful motivation for doing this trip. And this trip continues to teach me so much about myself. It's like every hour I'm, I'm having a new aha moment. I'm having something to bring me more joy. And then I'm having those challenges that allow me to learn and process and notice. Just the act of noticing has actually been incredibly powerful for me because sometimes I realize things about myself that I hadn't put much focus on before. And they're kind of being drawn to the surface. For example, things that I get triggered by are very interesting to me. And through my awareness practices, I can catch myself when I get triggered. And before I react to it externally, I'll notice my internal reaction and reflect on it and decide, like, how do I want to respond to this? And sometimes my response is nothing. Sometimes my response is talking to somebody. And I've noticed the power of simply speaking to somebody about that trigger is all I need. And then I don't need to actually do anything further. Whereas, for example, sometimes when we get triggered, that's like brings up anger and we might say something that we don't really want to say or we didn't really mean because we're feeling triggered and angry. It comes out the wrong way. So if you can take that pause and maybe speak about it with somebody else, it can prevent you from doing something that you may later regret. Or you might take some sort of action that's not really based in how you want to act in general, but that's like your knee-jerk reaction, right? So for example, one thing I really noticed about myself, and I had an aha moment about it. I can't even remember. I think it was this morning. (laughs) This is like how much energy it's taking me to put together this trip. The days are all blurring together. (laughs) Um, And that's interesting to notice too, right? Like every time I notice that it's blurring together, I try to pause and breathe and remember what day it is and what time it is and know that they are all separate days and they're all separate periods of time. It's not that my life is one big blur. Anyways, whenever it was that I had this, I think it was probably this morning, I was talking to a friend and sharing how I was feeling really triggered about communication lately has been challenging for me. I felt triggered when people don't respond to me. And there was a few people in particular, but one that I really wanted to hear from, and I didn't. And I just felt so let down. But the key word that I discovered through talking to my friend wasn't that I felt sad. That was part of it, but that wasn't the big part. It was that I felt dismissed. And I started to reflect on that and unravel it through speaking with this friend and thinking like, okay, what does that mean to be dismissed? Why is that bothering me? And I reflected on how being dismissed makes me feel like I'm not a priority, that I'm not supported. And I get triggered when I feel like I have to do everything on my own and people don't care about me, which is like a really big stress for me. And I've realized that through so much of my life, I'm kind of always anticipating that I'm going to have to do it all on my own. And the amount of stress and anxiety that that gives me of always having to work really hard 
and to push myself and to pick up the slack, not only is that stressful, but it causes me to feel things like sadness or resentment or anger sometimes towards people that I don't feel like are supporting me or towards people that I feel like are dismissing me. And it's like, it's, I don't know if I would say it's like my ego. I don't think I'm coming across like, and maybe I am, I'll be honest, like that's something to further examine. Like, am I just feeling entitled? Is this like, hey, like, why aren't you paying attention to me? Hey, why aren't you responding to me? Hey, why aren't you supporting me? That could come across as very in the ego. But I think like that there's that deeper root of it could be something really insignificant, but it's triggering these old feelings of not being supported. Right. And so noticing that about myself is really helpful because when I can get to the root of those emotions, it takes away the tension I'm feeling in that moment and helps me realize like, I need to address this. I should probably do some more work around this. Maybe I need to talk to a therapist or maybe I want to meditate on this. Maybe I want to journal on it. Like There are things I can do to process it and kind of reveal those sides of myself that haven't been addressed previously because I haven't been triggered in that way. I think it's really cool that you're getting really specific on what the root or getting at least closer to the root of what it is for you rather than a blanket assessment of I'm sad, I'm upset, I'm angry. You're getting to a much more specific point of what is creating these emotions for you, which I think is great. The dismissal part is interesting, right? Because you and I off record have, we've invited few people, they'll remain nameless unless it gets brought up with them on this podcast. But we've invited some people, Whitney, that after repeated direct communication. And when I say direct communication, I don't mean just email. I mean like texting them directly. These are uh, acquaintances, friends, and colleagues of ours in, I suppose, the personal development, wellness, health, mindfulness space. And I have brought up to you that I felt incredibly dismissed by some of them. And as a result, feeling triggered and angry and like just kind of piggyback on what you were saying. I think ego does play a role in this because it's like, who are you to like ignore me? Like, don't you see what I'm doing? What I'm doing has value. This podcast is amazing. And we have all these great listeners and all this support. And here's our growth rate and here's our downloads. And like, have you even listened? Like, you should listen. It's amazing. It very much is almost like the ego is very subtle. You know, it's subtle in the sense that I think it flies in the face of, we've brought this up in a previous episode, Don Miguel Ruiz and the four agreements. And one of those being, don't take things personally. And it's tough. You know, it's not like, yeah, I read a book and now I've got these things integrated into my personal practice. It's a practice for a reason. And when we feel dismissed, and I just love that word choice, it's so much more accurate than I'm upset, I'm angry at you. Like I feel dismissed by you. That's, it's just wonderful, the characterization of that. But I've definitely felt that. And in a professional setting related to this podcast, I've felt it multiple times. And at a certain point, it takes work to traverse those emotions of like, they're on their own trip. I don't know what they're going through. Who the hell knows what's happening to them on a personal level, professional level, financial level, health-wise. But yeah, that feeling of why isn't this person communicating with me? Why aren't they getting back to me? Do I need to send a homing pigeon? Do I need to send a plane over their house with one of those banners in the sky? Is there some special... <laughs> Do, do I need to send a package to their house to get them to respond to me? I know it's the mind starts to be like, yeah, why the hell aren't they communicating with me? It's it's a challenging thing because oh, we want to feel respected. We want to feel 
adored. We want to feel acknowledged for who we are and the work we're doing in the world. And when we don't, it can be really painful. It absolutely can. And then on the other end of that, one of those people that I was feeling so dismissed by, I finally heard from them today with some great news. And they didn't really acknowledge why they didn't get back to me. They did acknowledge that it was delayed. And I can't remember if I talked about this in an episode, but a few days ago when I was processing this with somebody else, because I, I was very triggered by it. I felt incredibly dismissed and frustrated. And part of that was because I had gotten my hopes up. Like There was something on the line for me here in this communication. And not hearing from somebody was so tough. It reminded me so much of the episodes where we've talked about ghosting and how ghosting isn't just about romance. It can be professional or it can be friendships. And it's tough when like you don't understand why someone stops talking to you and you wonder, did you do something wrong? Is it something you could have controlled? Or how is that person doing? And like, how long will it be? Will you never hear from them again? Like that unknown, that uncertainty is so uncomfortable. And I was not spinning out about it, but I was, like I was saying, triggered, you know, it bothered me, it irritated me. And irritation, not just like in kind of like the angry irritation, but like in the way that it's almost like when you get a skin irritation and it bothers you because it's so uncomfortable, you know, like, wow, okay, I can't stop thinking about this. And why is this constantly on my mind. And so it was a huge relief when I finally heard from this person. And on top of that, it was great news. So that was also an interesting thing too, because what felt like a really long period of time for me might not have felt that long for that person. And it gave me that perspective of maybe I should get back to somebody a lot faster than I usually would. Like maybe I should think about how I'm affected when I don't, when somebody doesn't respond to me and turn that around so I can respond to others faster. So it's like, there is a lot of noticing here within my triggers and my reactions, but how I show up in life and how maybe somebody's pissed off at me. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. There's got to be lots of people that have experienced that from me and they're waiting for a response. But then there's, <laughs> there's also that funny thing too. And I feel like we mentioned this in an episode, but maybe not. Jason, you'll have to remind me. If it sounds familiar, <laughs> I laugh too because now that I've been intentional the last few days of responding to people faster, sometimes then they don't even acknowledge my response. Like today, I responded to two people from the same team. Like they were kind of both trying to get to me and get my attention. And I was like, okay, I'm going to prioritize them. I'm going to like do unto others as I want done unto me. And then, like, as soon as I responded to them, it's been crickets. Now, granted, it's only been a few hours, but still, like, there was almost this part of me thinking, like, well, how dare you not respond to my response? You know? <laughs> like, I took the time out for you, and now you're not going to do it to me. Like, it's just so funny to notice those things. And who knows what they're even thinking? And to your point, Jason, and some great lesson about not taking things personally is that we just have no idea what's going on. In fact, when this came up in another conversation over the last few days, it was pointed out how you and I haven't even discussed this, Jason. That actor Chadwick passed away from cancer recently, and the public didn't know that he was sick. So it was like, in my head, he's just a thriving actor 
when really he was suffering and on his deathbed and now has passed away. And it's like, what? So that was kind of a another reminder. Like, we don't know what's happening for a lot of people if they're not talking about it publicly or even privately to their friends. Like, can you imagine how much people hide from each other? Not sometimes just wanting to be private or other times feeling shame or whatever else it is. Like the amount of communication that can like either help somebody or maybe cause somebody to think something that's not really happening. Like we kind of can make up all these reasons in our head, like why somebody isn't communicating with us, but we have no idea what's going on if they're not telling us. Yeah, this is super important. And to just talk about Chadwick Boseman for a second, there was some really interesting stuff going around the internet after his death was announced from stage four colon cancer that I wasn't following Chadwick on social media. I had obviously admired his film work in particular as King T'Challa and Black Panther, just loved that movie and, and loved the other roles that I'd seen him in. But there was an article floating around talking about how cruel people were in questioning his weight loss over the past four years. And people like, why, why, you know, why is he bulking up? Why is he getting skinny again? He's now he's super skinny. Now he's bulking up. And the whole time, now understanding that he was battling, as you mentioned, Whitney, his original diagnosis of stage three, which progressed to stage four cancer. And it really is an important thing for us to be mindful of in the sense that, as an example, and this is by no means anywhere near a, a cancer battle or cancer diagnosis, but the other day I woke up and I realized that the number one most important thing for me right now is to take care of my health. And that might be a little bit like, well, duh, Jason, you know, if you've been on this podcast or perhaps you followed Whitney and I with our, our brand Wellevator or individually our work over the last 10 to 15 years in the wellness field, you'd be like, well, yeah, I mean, that's obvious. But, but here's what I mean by that. There's so much stress and pressure for financial stability, keeping a roof over our heads, putting food on the table, wondering where our next gig or next work is going to come from. I don't know anyone in my life who isn't being challenged or stressed by something right now with the backdrop of the recession and COVID and all the things that are happening on planet Earth. Every single human I know personally is struggling with something. So that's number one is we don't know exactly what a stranger is struggling with. But the second thing I wanted to say is, you know, for me, I right now, and this is unusual for me, I have 34 drafts in my drafts folder of my email account. I never have that. I usually have like zero drafts. So there's 34 people I need to get back to through email right now. Now, there are days I look at that and go, oh, I'm a shitty person. There's 34 people I need to get back to. But then I think about my priorities and taking care of my mental health and rehabbing my foot in physical therapy, as an example, the reason I'm sharing this is that's my number one priority, Whitney. You know, it's not work, it's not this podcast, it's not my music, it's none of that. If I don't manage my physical health and heal my foot and keep my mental health balanced right now, everything else will fall away as a result of me not taking care of myself. And I say all that to just reiterate your point of whether it's a celebrity or whether it's a person you don't know or, or someone who's in the public eye or, or just someone you're waiting for an email back from, you don't know what they're going through. So 
Do I feel the need to apologize to these 34 people? No, I'm going to thank them for their patience. I will do that. I'll say, you know, thanks for your patience and me getting back to you. I don't need to explain I've been struggling with mental health. I don't need to explain I've been in PT for my foot injury, but that's what's going on, right? And we just don't know. I I know that was a long-winded piggyback on the death of Chadwick Boseman, but for each one of us, we just don't know what a person's going through. So having patience, having compassion, I think goes a long way on both sides. Absolutely. And sometimes what's urgent for us isn't urgent for another person. And that's so important as well. Like in my situation, I felt dismissed in a different way because there was a sense of urgency. Like I'm on a a timeline and not getting a response might as well meant no to me because I needed an answer by today, (laughs) you know, or I wanted, I should actually say I wanted an answer because there were so many variables to that conversation that I was having with this person. And I actually started to let it go. I just figured, all right, like (laughs) so much time has passed. I haven't received a response and it's not going to work on my timeline. So I guess I just have to let it go. And then once I let it go, I got what I wanted. And I'm not saying that when you do let something go, that that automatically means that you get what you want. It's just interesting how different it feels versus I really wanted it to happen in a different time frame. And I wonder how I would have reacted to it if it had happened a few days ago, like if I had heard back from this person a few days ago, right? And it was also that great lesson. Like, again, I have no idea why to this moment, even after hearing from them, they did not explain what took them so long, but it doesn't matter, right? Now that we've had our communication and I got what I needed from it, I'm kind of curious because like, I wondered, hmm, maybe if they explain themselves, it would help me in the future. But it's such a case by case basis. Like, I don't need an explanation from this person. Because that has nothing to do with communication that I have with others. It's not like if they told me, hey, I was struggling with anxiety and I couldn't respond. Like, I think my heart would have gone out to them and maybe I would have felt like a little guilty for some of my reactions. But that would have been very specific to that person, if that makes sense. Although sometimes when we hear those vulnerable reasons from people, I think it helps us have compassion for others, but they easily could have just forgotten or felt lazy or had I was on, you know, number 100 out of other emails they needed to send. And it literally was just a matter of time. Or maybe they need to think things through before they responded to me to make sure that they could say what they needed to convey and make the decision. I mean, there's just so many factors that I'll never know. And to your point, Jason, I think It doesn't serve us when we get frustrated without having all the information. And we also have to remember most of the time, even when we think that we have all the information, there's still details that we might not realize because we're interacting with other human beings who are complex. And most of us don't share every single thought and reason behind what we're doing. So we could tell somebody a reason, but that might not be the truth or the full truth. And that's part of what makes human communication so complicated. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so there's just like a ton of variables. I thought it'd be funny actually to make a little pivot here, Jason. <laughs> to go back to something you mentioned 
in a previous episode, we kind of touched upon very lightly. And I think this is a, a kind of interesting way to come back to it, which is that you were talking about how you got constipated on, when you travel. And I mentioned that our sponsor, Bioptimizers, makes something called ConstiCleanse, but I haven't used it yet. And I hadn't researched it much before today. And it came up in my planning conversation. So I thought, like, we might as well talk about constipation because part of the way that I plan is I try to think of like anything that could go wrong, you know? And that for better or for worse, because sometimes I overplan and then nothing goes wrong. Or sometimes I underplan and things go wrong that I could have pr- tried to predict or maybe different things go wrong. Like that's part of what I'm trying to learn through this planning process is like there's only so much I can figure out ahead of time. There's just so many variables and uncertainty here. But one of them (laughs) that I've been thinking a lot about is using the bathroom on this trip because I'm going to be camping and I've never really camped before. So I feel a little ill-equipped. I think I did mention on, on another episode that I got these female urination devices for me and my travel companion friend. And they're from this brand called the Tinkle Bell. And their branding is really cool. There's a bunch of brands that make devices like this. Kind of reminds me of menstrual cups. And so there's a lot to choose from. They're all basically the same, but different designs and branding and all of that. And um, the brand that sent me out the product is called the Tinkle Bell. And it's it's like a reusable, I think it's silicone-based device. And you use it as a woman so you can stand up and pee. And my friend who recently traveled said that's going to be a game changer because she was telling you about all these crazy experiences of having to like squat in the woods and like look out for people coming because she's trying to avoid the bathrooms. And so she's like hiding behind bushes and trees. And like most women can relate to this, unlike men who can just whip it out and pee (laughs) with their pants on, you know, like girls have a different challenge. Well, this device allows you to keep your pants on and pee like a guy would, which is kind of cool. But now that that's figured out, my next question is like, how am I going to go to like do the other form of elimination? And also, what if I'm having digestive discomfort during this trip from what I'm eating? So that's a long-winded introduction to this product I may be using on this trip. But I will definitely try at some point called ConstaCleanse by Bioptimizers, our sponsor. And this is pretty cool, Jason. As I've learned about it, I feel like you've got to try this on trips too, because it basically helps you when you're feeling like kind of backed up or maybe when you're not exercising as frequently as I am not going to be. I'm going to be doing a lot of sitting in the car, which can affect your digestion and eating foods I might not normally eat because I'll be traveling and looking for convenient things and um, fast or cheap, you know, all that stuff. It's hard with my current setup to bring a lot of fresh food, unfortunately. And during COVID, my options are limited going out to restaurants and grocery stores. So the Consta Cleanse is an extra strength digestive cleanse with enzymes in it that you can take that can give you a stronger digestive system. And it's made from tree, plant, and herb extracts, plus those digestive enzymes I mentioned. And it will help promote the bowel movements that you might be struggling with if you're feeling backed up. So (laughs) since we were talking about a lot of planning, I had to say that that's one of the detailed things that I've been considering is like making sure that 
I can get everything out of my system when need be. (laughs) It's a serious thing, though. Like, I find that no matter the type of traveling I'm doing, I'm just reflecting whether it's been the three cross-country road trips I've taken, as you're about to do again, Wit, or it's just long plane flights. You know, I'm so used to every year for the last, I don't know, nine years. I mean, definitely not this year, although I did take two flights this year before COVID. I am planning on going to see my mom at some point, hopefully this year. And for some reason, I just end up getting dehydrated. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, uh, somatically, I carry a lot of stress in my gut. And anything that helps me stay regular, generally, I try and hydrate as much as possible. We've mentioned the incredible magnesium supplement from BioOptimizers, which is their magnesium breakthrough, which I started taking. And I'm taking two to three capsules before bed. And it's been interesting, unrelated but related, because a lack of sleep on a trip can also kind of throw off your cycle. I've noticed, Whitney, as an aside, with magnesium breakthrough since I started taking it a few days ago, that I generally will wake up in the middle of the night, like usually two and probably two times, uh, restless or insomnia, or I'll get up to pee. I have not gotten up in the middle of the night. I've had a solid sleep straight through the night since I started taking this. So, so far, so good. I'm super stoked about that. Me too. I would say the same thing. And of course, that's something I'm bringing with me. As we've talked about in a few episodes, magnesium is a part of my regimen, especially when I need support with sleep. And I'm going to need that on this trip. (laughs) I actually took it during my practice camping in, uh, I don't even know what to call it. I basically camped out in my in my driveway with my car, and I wanted to test out the sleeping situation and all of that. And I took the magnesium with me to help me have restful sleep because I knew I would be feeling kind of anxious and restless and nervous. And I'm going to be taking it every day throughout the trip to make sure that I get the best sleep possible. So I think that's super relevant too. Yeah. And magnesium also, you know, it's the mineral that most Americans are deficient in. We've talked about this in previous episodes. So it's like getting that additional heart support, the drop in the cortisol, because there's probably going to be stressful situations. I mean, not every single road trip goes 100% smoothly the entire time. So for you, dear listener, if you want to check out the magnesium breakthrough, the Consti Cleanse from our wonderful sponsor, BioOptimizers, you can go to a special website we have set up and use a coupon code. That website, which I'll spell out for you, is B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S. It's BioOptimizers with one O dot com forward slash Wellevator. And you can use the coupon code Wellevator10. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R-1-0. And you will get 10% off your entire order. And we highly encourage you to check them out because Whitney and I are, I think, about probably more than anything, Whitney, I would characterize us as life experimentalists. We bring up the idea of being open and experimental with our health and our well-being. And we try and walk that talk as much as possible. And when we find something that works for us, as we're talking about these great products from BioOptimizers, we like to practice what we preach. And when we find something that works, that resonates with our body, that we actually see real improvement, we want to pass those resources on to you, dear listener. Yes. And I I am so excited when uh, I do this trip to share all of the amazing resources that I'm going to be coming across or using. I mean, I know a lot of them, as I said, having over 20 brands donate their products to me is just like insane. And 
I'm really looking forward to it because it's going to push me to create a lot of content about this trip. I feel like a lot of times I will either take footage, video footage or, or take photos or something and just not post them. Or it takes me a long time, like our road trip from over a year ago now that I'm so close to finishing, but I didn't feel any pressure to finish it. So I've slacked on it. Now I'm going to release it. I plan to this week, meaning as the time we're recording. So hopefully by the time you're listening, I've stayed true to my word and released this video because it's really great, I think. I mean, it's it's a fun video of me and Jason traveling before COVID and being on the road and all of our amazing experiences. And that trip has really inspired this upcoming trip for me. So I'm interested in the contrast of what what that will, what I'll learn from that. Like I'm going to be going to one or two of the same Tesla charging stations you and I went to, Jason, and that's very comforting. And you know, to your point, there certainly can be things that don't go as planned. And I, I'm not trying to go into this expecting that I can plan away the problems. But I will say that our trip last year was really smooth. You know, like, can you even remember anything that went wrong on that trip? Do we block it out, out or like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe it was just so simple. No, I think <laughs> this is so ridiculously minor. The only thing that comes up was us trying to figure out how to smuggle cans of Mad Tasty, uh, which we've mentioned in previous episodes. It's a sparkling CBD beverage, a functional CBD beverage that we love. And we wanted to smuggle some in to the One Republic concert at the Red Rocks Amphitheater because we wanted to do some social media posts for them because we love the company. We love Ryan Tedder and Trey and the entire team there and just really love their vibe and what they're doing and their intention behind the product. So I remember the only concern, Whitney, I think was because you're not, I don't think you're supposed to bring, there was some beverage concern. Anyway, there's a lot of restrictions at Red Rocks and many concert venues as to what you are not allowed to bring in. So I think that was the only thing. Literally, the entire trip from bathroom to charging stops to food to, I would say, damn near everything. I think that's the only thing that comes to mind was us trying to figure out how to smuggle in cans of Mad Tasty. That's the only thing. Yes, there was that, which I don't really even see as a problem because I ended up bringing in empty cans because I wanted to do the photo shoot and then realized we probably could have gotten away with bringing actual cans of the drink in, but it wouldn't have been worth the risk because if they had caught us, we would have had to bring it all the way back or empty. I don't know. So (laughs) it all worked out for the best. Plus, like we were trying to get closer seats to the stage. And that didn't really work out. So that was like a minor thing. And then it was kind of interesting because just a few months later, we saw One Republic again, which is mentioned in my video, how that trip to Red Rocks led to us in some ways, actually, maybe even directly, because we met our now friend Brett at the Red Rocks concert because I was wearing the Mad Tasty hat. And then he's the one that invited me to that free concert in Joshua Tree. And that concert was really cool because it was all about inviting your friends. It was called Share the Code. And so Enterprise sponsored this concert, had like a few hundred codes. And then the way that it worked is you would have to share it with your friends in order for them to go see the concert. And you could only go if somebody shared it with you. So Brett shared it with me. 
And then I shared it with Jason and a few other friends. And we made made a whole separate trip, which I'll maybe eventually turn into a video to see One Republic at at, uh, Joshua Tree at a Pappy and Harriet's. And we were in the very front row. So it kind of like wasn't that big of a deal that we had to sit so far back at Red Rocks because we did get to see One Republic up close and personal and for free just a few months later. So that's actually a great example of how you never know what's coming for you, good or bad. You know, like that was a magical moment of our trip that we never saw coming. And the other one, Jason, the other obstacle I'm now remembering is there's that one night where you were super tired and you didn't know if you were going to be able to finish the drive. And it was like a huge push. And I don't know why I wasn't driving. Maybe I was super tired too. And it was like, I had to cheer you on. And like, we were like blasting music. I think this is also kind of in my video, but not super detailed. That was tough. And then the sad part that I also reflected on a few times recently was how when we went to Moab and took that photo shoot with the stars, and then I accidentally deleted almost all those photos. (laughs) And that was such a bummer. But then I said to you, like, why don't we use this as an excuse to go back and take even better photos? Because like, to be honest, it was more the experience of taking the photos that was cool. The photos themselves weren't that great because I didn't know how to properly take, what's the term, like long exposure photos. So they were all kind of blurry, but it's still sad. Like when you lose something that meant had like a, an emotional attachment, like those photos. I haven't been sad about that in months. Now I'm sad again. But I remember them so detailed because remember there was that one I took of you where like a rat ran by your foot in the middle, but you had to hold still. Like you couldn't move and I couldn't move because it was a long exposure. So I couldn't tell you that there was a rodent running by your feet. (laughs) I would have given him a pat. I wouldn't have freaked out. I would have been like, oh, really? There's a rat near my feet? Where is he? Rats are actually incredible animals. Anyone who's got a prejudice or judgment against rats, you haven't spent time with them because (laughs) my first experience with rats, girl I was dating in my late teens, her sister and her brother-in-law had pet rats. And I was like, I cannot believe how loving and attentive and genius smart these animals are. And ever since then, I'm like, rats are amazing. I agree. Didn't we talk about that in the episode with Paul Jarvis? We did. Was it on air that we talked about or just off air? No, it was on air. It absolutely was with Paul. Yeah, because he's a huge fan of rats and has his logo as a rat. So for you, dear listener, if you want to listen to that episode from a rat fanatic, our dear friend Paul Jarvis, great bestselling author and uh, cybersecurity expert, we'll link to that in the show notes also at wellevator.com. So much. I mean... That's part of what brings me joy too is I hope that there's unexpected magic. I even hope that there's things I look back on that felt really tough at the time, but in hindsight added to the experience, you know, like that challenge of like figuring out how to bring Mad Tasty into Red Rocks was like not that big of a deal, but it was like the challenge of it was kind of adding to the experience. And Also, what was interesting is that, again, that's how we met Brett through me having Mad Tasty. If I hadn't been wearing the Mad Tasty hat, then I wouldn't have met Brett. And he's just such a great guy and such a huge... Speaking of fanatics, Brett is the most fanatic 
One Republic fan that I've ever met. He's been to over 100 One Republic concerts. And he is just like somebody I instantly connected to. I just think he's such a great guy. And then I gave him Cans of Mad Tasty, which was brand new. It had only been out for like a few months and it wasn't available in Colorado. It wasn't available like anywhere outside of Los Angeles, I don't think. And I was given some by the brand. They also gave me some for my upcoming trip. But back then it was like really hard to get. And they gave us this huge case. And Brett chased me down and he was like, do you happen to have any Mad Tasty on you? And I did. So I gave it to him. And then he shared his like two or three cans that I gave him with his friend group, which are also really big One Republic fans. One of them posted their picture of the Mad Tasty in Colorado. And then Ryan Tedder shared that photo. And he was like, how did somebody get Mad Tasty in Colorado? And I was like, wow, like (laughs) that was because of me, you know, like how cool to see that ripple effect, you know, and like, it's just a great example of how these experiences affect other people. And I, I just feel like this trip is so much about all those magical human moments and connections and like how we impact each other's lives in big and small ways and how like I've been blown away by the generosity, like almost to the point that I don't feel like it's fully hit me, Jason, but I've had a couple moments over the last week where I felt almost moved to tears thinking about how generous people can be. And sometimes we lose sight of that if we don't have those experiences very often. And I was just like looking at this box of products one brand sent me and just thinking, I'm incredibly touched that they gave me so much. And it's not even about how much money it costs. It's not even about how much they sent. But I will say on a side note that I do plan to do a giveaway of some of these brands. So you, the listener, please stay tuned. I hope that we mention it on the podcast, but I'll at least be doing it on my own platforms on Instagram and uh, YouTube and all. I don't even know exactly where I'm going to post about it yet, but I do intend to do a giveaway because I want to help share the generosity, right? Like that's generosity can be magnified if you pass it on. Anyways, just seeing what people will do for you and what people will say yes to is just such a beautiful thing. And it does kind of help you deal with the times that people aren't generous and and don't respond to you quickly or don't respond to you at all. Just like love, you know, when we talked about ghosting, many of us have had experiences with ghosting, whether it's been romantic, friendship, professionally. But we've also, most of us have been blessed to have the experiences of the opposite. When somebody has been an incredible communicator, when somebody has been generous, when somebody has been going out of their way to be supportive of you. Like when we talk about being dismissed, there are so many more times, Jason, that I felt supported by people in magnificent ways. And I have to keep coming back to that because if we get too focused on what doesn't work out for us, too focused on when things go wrong, too focused on how people have hurt us, it can lead to us feeling things like anxiety, depression, hopeless and cynicism. But if I remind myself of all of the things that are working out, all of the things that are going right, and all of the things that are magical, that's part of my coping during those times of anxiety like I had earlier today. 
I think that's a beautiful denouement to this podcast, Whitney. It's a beautiful denouement. And on that note, I think I think it's probably time to examine, do you have any frequently asked queries or any additional brand shout outs for this episode? I do. I wasn't intending on it today because it takes a little work and I was feeling so overwhelmed earlier. I'm thinking like, I don't even know if I have the energy, but you know what, Jason? I surprised myself and there's a lot of energy. I actually, <laughs> I almost feel like we all I wanted to do are some funny queries because some of these made me laugh so hard. So since we've talked a lot about the stress and the anxiety that comes with planning, what if we just focus on some funny, lighthearted things that will make us laugh? Even if that wasn't the person's intention when they typed this into Google, I laughed reading these and I'm going to laugh reading them out loud. And maybe you'll laugh, Jason, <laughs> and maybe the listener will laugh. We can pass on some joy to others, especially if anyone started listening because they've been feeling anxiety. So, dear listener, if it's your first time or your 120 millionth time, it's time for Frequently Asked Queries. Search terms and phrases and words that people put on the internet in a Google search that come up in trying to find our podcast, and some of them are... Well, we'll let you decide what they are. Whitney, hit it. Number one, does matcha make you poop? <laughs> well, caffeine in higher concentrations can definitely move the bowels. Yeah, for sure. I've noticed, though, that it's got to be higher levels of caffeine. So since matcha doesn't have quite the level of caffeine that coffee does, you'll probably have to drink a higher volume of matcha to get the laxative effect, whereas coffee has a higher concentration, as does guadana. I know you love when I say that word, Whitney, but there are other foods that have higher levels of caffeine that will probably make you poop quicker. But if you drink enough matcha, yes, matcha can help you poop. Well, that one not only made me laugh reading it, but it tied into our conversation about constipation. And, you know, it's interesting. I don't intend on having matcha during this trip. I'm going to be drinking coffee. I have some beverages from Celsius, which make these incredible energizing drinks made with green tea. I'll be also bringing some green tea from our friends at Peak Tea. They make a matcha that I have not tried yet. I really want to. So if you've been looking for a high quality matcha, check out Peak Tea, P-I-Q-U-E. And I think... I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think we have an ongoing discount code of at least 5% for them. So that's another reason to go to our website, wellevator.com, because you might get discount codes like we have for bioptimizers, ConstaCleanse, and Magnesium. And, and we'll also put in for Peak Tea because i almost positive we do have one. I'll uh, check on our records so we can put that in there anytime we find a discount code. So again, wellevator.com, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. If you go to the podcast section of our website and find this episode, you can just type in poop and you'll probably find it because we talked about poop here. But if you want to type in matcha, you also <laughs> might find this or peak, P-I-Q-U-E. There's a lot of different ways to find our show. We try not to make it too hard for you. So yeah, long story short, I do not plan on eating or drinking, I should say, matcha. But I will have some other things that might make me poop along the way because of the caffeine content. Next up for frequently asked queries. This one actually is funny, but also 
I'm curious what your answer is to this one, Jason. So it's a little interesting. Why do cats react to butt scratch? (laughs) I love this so much. Not every cat does, first and foremost. I've had cats my entire life, my 43 years on this planet, as Jason Robel. And I've noticed that all of the cats that I have had guardianship over have enjoyed the butt hits. I call them butt hits. I spank and then I scratch. So I call it a butt hit. But I've met cats that haven't. Why do cats... I That is really interesting. Cats, butts, butt scratches? Scratch. Cat butt scratch. I'm going to Google cat butt scratch. Why do cats like their butts? Why do cats lift their butt? Okay, let's find out. Let's get the answers in real time here. Your cat's, quote, elevator butt is a real thing. And it's the highest compliment your pet can give you. This is an article on womansworld.com. We will link to that in the show notes as well. (laughs) Have you ever wondered why cats lift their butts when you scratch them or pet them? This is informally known as a phenomenon called elevator butt. So apparently this is, let's see, elevator butt could be a sign for a female cat that she's ready to mate. The proper name for this stance is lordosis. And cats adopt this position when they're in heat. That's a little creepy. Apparently, the instinct to adopt the elevator butt pose is ingrained in a cat from birth. When your cats were just wee little kittens, they had to lift their butts in the air so mom could clean them. As a result, they reflexively stick their butt in the air when you pet them in that area. And felines also transfer their scent via their anal glands. So when they raise their tush, they're actually inviting you to verify that you're a member of their family and to swap scents with them. As gross as that sounds, it's apparently, psychologically, one of the highest honors a cat can bestow on its doting owner. There you go. (laughs) I have been laughing the entire time, but I didn't want it to be on the recording because behind the scenes, a little note if we talk or make any sound while the other person's talking, it doesn't, it interrupts the audio quality. So I have to mute myself when I'm laughing like that. But I was really enjoying that description, Jason. I, <laughs> I did not know about the term elevator butt, but I feel like you could use that more frequently. Like that's pretty funny. Which of your cats, Jason, does the elevator butt lift the most often? I would say that's probably Linky. And I do have an accompanying song that I made from my youth to describe the elevator butt because my mother's current cat, Kika, is probably like world champion elevator butt. She That girl will do elevator butt at the drop of a, of a dime. And it goes, elevator butt, elevator butt, elevator butt, elevator butt, elevator butt. That's my elevator butt song. You're welcome. Wait, so you knew of the term elevator butt? Oh, I've been talking about elevator butt since the 80s, girl. Shit. <laughs> That's amazing. And also the perfect segue into our final frequently asked query. By the way, like, I don't know if frequently asked is the correct term. We sh- I want to keep it. But I don't know how many of these terms people ask that frequently. Like a lot of these are one and done. They're very unique queries. But Jason, I have a request for you to make another song on the spot because somebody typed in the term food is my best friend song. So I would love for you to make a song about food being your best friend. 
Whoa, food. Uh, you're always there for me. Oh, food. Uh, when I'm in a bad mood, you don't come and lift me. You're always there. You never stare at my quarantine hair. I want to take you there. Oh, food. You're my bestie. Food. They better never arrest thee. Oh, food. I love you. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I love it when you make up songs on the spot. It is such an impressive quality of yours, Jason. Like, I um, just enjoy it very much, even when it's really goofy. Um, But I make up songs, too. I just don't usually feel that comfortable sharing them. So I don't know if I would ever do that on the podcast. So thank you also for being a little bit more, for lack of a better word, courageous, extroverted. That's part of, I think, how we complement each other. Well, I feel like there's so much more to say, but we have one more episode to record before I leave on the trip. So perhaps we will continue this conversation then. But if not, stay tuned because we will be doing a big episode or two summarizing my trip. Plus, as I mentioned, I will be doing lots of content around it. So I will link to that so that you can easily find it. You can see my adventures. And sadly, this episode is coming out after my trip. So if you didn't know about it and you feel like you missed out on all of it, I'll do my best to just kind of encapsulate it. So if you didn't see it live, you can look at it all afterwards because I don't want you to miss out on anything fun. (laughs) So uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode and hearing what we've had to say about planning and anxiety and unexpected delights, unexpected challenges, suffering. And uh, thank you, Jason, for making up songs, for sharing old songs, for educating us on elevator butt and matcha poop and all the other lovely things that you've shared today during this episode. It's my pleasure, Whitney. And for you, dear listener, thank you as always. Or if it's your first time, thank you for getting uncomfortable with us here on the podcast. Again, just to wrap up for all of the resources we mentioned here today, the articles, any of the wonderful products that we would love for you to experience, you can go to our website, wellevator.com. Again, it's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. Thanks to our amazing sponsor, BioOptimizers, for their Consti Cleanse their awesome magnesium products, their wonderful enzymes, which I'm going to talk about on the next episode, how I've been using their enzymes with my gout recovery. But again, if you want to take advantage of our coupon code, go to biooptimizers.com. Again, it's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash Wellevator. And when you're there, just use the coupon code Wellevator10, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R-1-0. And you can save a little chunk of money on their great products. So until next time, Thanks for being with us, and we'll catch you with another episode soon. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. 